you know what your grace is making possible right now? Heartfelt family reunion of Sam, Dean, Cass, Mary, and your very own son, Jack. That's right. Your wee boy's over there. He'll be so glad to see his three fathers. Because as far as he's concerned, they are his father and you. You're nothing to him. Or me. Or anyone now. Mosier. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast that talks about every single episode of the TV show Supernatural, even the episodes where they get horny, Chris. Oh no, it's yeah, back. It's, back. Oh, no. it's, it's the back. perfect opportunity. We're going to talk about Gabriel's butt and how flexible Rowena is. The energy of you saying horny like that is the energy of this episode. Editor, can you please beep that out? <laughs> editor, please. Editor, editor please. Editor, please. Uh, we're back with more Supernatural. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and get this out of the way real quick. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, we will have new merchandise up on the store. I was doing that right before we started recording. Woo. So you can go get a new Winchester Payne shirt. You can go get a Bunker Boy shirt. Oh uh, yeah. What was the third one? Oh yeah, the the Castiel no, no excuse me, not Castiel, but the uh no Sam I won't date you, Rowena. In a in yes, a kind of a classic yes. art pop style. They won't let me upload my Fish Castiel sticker, Chris, because it's too low resolution. So I have to figure out that. But we'll we'll have That's that up. Incredibly soon. rude. But all right. Yeah. Um go check all of that stuff out. Go to the website, monsterweek.cool, click the merchandise or shirts link at the top, and you can see all of those options. It's not just shirts too, by the way. Like all of the designs have like iPhone cases and face masks and all kinds of shit. So mm-hmm. go check all of that out. Support us on Patreon. And uh yeah, Chris, this episode is too horny for my taste. It's far too horny. It's got some killer moments in it for sure, but overall I was <laughs> I left get it. with a big fat question mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh I just was totally shocked and, and horrified by this episode. So I I I don't know how this is going to be when we go all the way through it scene by scene. It'll be it'll be interesting to talk about. Do we have any do we have any old business before we get back into the new business? 
I don't think so. Um, I'm sorry for trying to read fanfic last time. It didn't go well. I hope, I hope it, people really enjoyed it, Chris. The episode's not even out. Like It's only on our, our, our Patreon feed, and it, people are really enjoying it. I am confused, but thank you. Can you remind us what's been going on in season 13? Last time on Supernatural, Jeremy, the boys helped Gabriel get his revenge on Loki, uh, assuring us his assistance in the coming battle against Lucifer and also probably against Michael. Meanwhile, said grumpy archangel uh, set a trap for Jack and Mary in the apocalypse world, laying waste to all of their newfound allies while also helping to steal Jack's resolve for the war to come. Castiel was also in Texas for this episode, but that wasn't important. (laughs) That's all I got. We are talking about season 13, episode 21, Beat the Devil. This was written by Robert Behrens and directed by Phil Segretia. The Long Journey Home. Sam, Dean, Castiel, and Gabriel must work together if they have any hope of bringing Mary and Jack home. Meanwhile, Rowena's encounter with Lucifer may alter the outcome of the journey for one of our heroes. This is just a real milk toast kind of description there. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we mentioned, this episode is super weird, like, I think from the jump. Um, there's just I I had to number one I had to double check that this was the correct episode because it starts the cold open is like a dream sequence mm-hmm. where everybody's back home eating pizza and Mary says that they used to call Dean their little piglet which I think is extremely funny. <laughs> um, Dean, yeah, he's just eating seven slices of pizza. He's going for that eighth. Not even half um, a pie, man. Come on. I was so my first thought is okay. This is a dream sequence. Assuming it was Dean's dream sequence, actually. Um, and then I started thinking, what if this is like a flash forward and it's like hey everything worked out just fine yep or did it and then we we're gonna go back and see like everybody got back together but actually something incredibly bad happened yeah, yeah um but no and then it just turns out to be sam's dream and he wakes up in bed ready to go um now they don't ever address <laughs> what do, it, it what do you mean ready against. to go what do you like dressed or like what are you oh, talking about we'll get there we'll get okay, there okay. Um, but yeah no they don't they don't this dream doesn't come up in any way. Sam doesn't express anything about this dream at any point. Um, I guess it just shows us what his ideal outcome would be. Yeah. I um and, and because it's the cold open, like we, we get to our previously on segment right before it. And uh, like the music was so intense that when it led into this, yeah. I was like, have we been on a hiatus for a while? Like, did I miss an episode? Like I literally had to go to Netflix and like, did I miss, <laughs> did I skip an episode yeah, or something? Yeah. So I didn't know what was going on. Um, But, we start up the main episode. Um, Rowena is putting together the ritual. She's doing all of the spell stuff. Uh, Castiel has left Gabriel to extract his Archangel Grace, which they need by himself. He's doing it in Dean's room. They're heavily implying it that he's masturbating to do this, Chris. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know why we had to immediately take it there. Um, it's why. <laughs> I mean, it comes out of Lucifer's neck. Everybody why is it coming out of the only why is it coming out of Gabriel's hot dog. We've ever seen the grace come out of is someone's neck. Like that's it. That's it's only ever been the neck. I mean, I guess that he's not going to cut his own neck open. I don't know. I just don't. It, it's a weird gag. I don't. We, obviously, we don't care. We make crude jokes all the time. This stuff doesn't like offend us. No, it's not at just, all. Like it's, it's just, just a very perplexing. <laughs> And again, I had to go back. Like, this is so. This is such a sexually charged like thirty minutes of television before it gets kind of serious. That I was like, did for Buckley no me reason. Right for absolutely no reason. It's wild when Supernatural gets this fucking horny, right? Like we always call it out yeah. as weird. I think the was the horny episode with the with the virgins or whatever when they were pledging to be virgins or whatever, and 
Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. I, I. It's just so strict because, like, he comes back with just a little bit of grace, and like, that's all you could get. And I was like, "Well, you know, it should be enough." And the, like, the, like erectile dysfunction jokes for like twenty five minutes. I'm like, "Damn, did somebody write this with the grudge? Like, <laughs> whose wife wrote this? What the fuck?" Yeah, and so they do this spell, and like everybody is arming up, and like the portal opens, like we've always seen it, and then it fails. And the way it fails is it literally like droops and our entire cast droops with it. And it goes to like Castiel's angel blade. And then the angel blade, like he like makes his wrist go limp so that the angel blade comes from pointing up to pointing down. Like yeah. it's just, it's just a weak, it's a limp dick joke. And I don't know why. <laughs> it doesn't feel like a limp dick joke is what is the energy we needed going into this. Cause there's some, there's some cool stuff that happens a cool and quotation marks stuff that happens Mm -hmm. um and but this the beginning of this was so i was like cringing watching it and um i don't know i don't know obviously like i'll take a good dick joke i don't care sure Um, yeah i've been i've been known to scream about nutting blood on this podcast Mm -hmm. um but this was just fucking stupid (laughs) it's so fucking and like i don't we were this is what the penultimate or the pen pen ultimate episode right like we have this and then two more episodes in the season mm-hmm. and like to, to open up with like five minutes of extended dick jokes is fucking crazy to me. Like even when the, the rift goes out and someone says like, that was fast. And Rowena pipes up. One could even say premature. And I'm like, what do we, mm-hmm. what are we like, doing? Since when did Rowena start doing this kind of shit? <laughs> How do you even know Gabriel? Why are they this close that they could make fun yeah. of each other? Um, but then we get a little bit of seriousness where Castiel yeah. says that they only have one source of Archangel Grace that's available to them. They need to get Lucifer. Um, and of course, uh, they have this conversation. I like that our, our, our core group, our guys get away from the crew to have this conversation. And Sam yeah. is arguing against this with just Dean and Castiel in the room saying like, Hey, every time we've teamed up with this dude, he's just gotten loose or he's killed us. Like it's never been good. And, yeah. you know, but they eventually kind of convince him like, Hey, he's, he's our responsibility to begin with. And also like, Sam looks stressed the fuck out. Um, I feel bad for Sam Winchester in this. I this feel really bad for Sam Winchester. And then, and then Cass is like, Hey dude, it's not that bad. Everybody feels this way. Right. Um, Dean doesn't say a goddamn word in this episode. Jensen Eccles had four lines this whole episode. <laughs> he had um, four lines. And, and yeah, most yeah. of them are just Sammy! He um, had more tears than lines in this episode, Chris. Did, did Castiel get stuck in the cage with Lucifer? I can't remember. Not stuck in the cage, but he got possessed by Lucifer, right? Oh, that's right. That's right. Because yeah. he, he talked about how you know Lucifer violated him and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and I was like, is it the same? Did Was it the same for these two? Because I feel like... I don't. I keep harping on this. I, I'm getting annoying, but <laughs> I don't know Castiel. I don't. I like Commando Castiel. I like Castiel taking charge and being a leader in this sure. stuff and being like, "Hey, whatever. We got to do this shit regardless of how you feel." I'm sorry. Um, I'm cool with that. But I also just felt bad for Sam because I just felt like Cass was like, "Man, eh, fucking deal with it, Sam. Sorry, bud." Um, which I think usually they just give that dialogue to Dean, which explains why he didn't have anything to say. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, uh, and. As, as we finish this up and Sam is like, okay, yeah, you guys are right. We go back over to Gabriel and Rowena where we have something that the show has literally not done before. Uh, well, first Gabriel is like, you know, it's not always. And she's like shutting them down. Like you don't have to give me excuses or whatever. And then we go into their minds and we have spoken dialogue that we don't see them speaking. That's just dubbed over them looking like it's their thoughts. And I legit was taken completely out of the episode by this. I was like, what is happening? Are they linked? Is the spell like weird or did the spell go weird and now they're like bonded for life 
because she's like thinking, oh, he's got a cute ass and he's over there like she's so tiny. I bet she's super flexible. And then like they just get super horny for each other. And she's like, hey, they're going to be in there a while. You want to go? <laughs> you want to go get one? You want to go get it on in the fucking library? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, and they do. And they do. <laughs> Why is this and so horny? <laughs> I don't. I. It's so weird. It what just, is going on? There's there was zero zero chemistry between them. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Have they ever I mean, been sure, in the same room? People don't with need each chemistry. Other. If they just want to fuck, they're adults. They're allowed to do that. 100%. He's an angel. You're a witch. You're both a million years old. Go for it. But also, what the fuck? <laughs> Very, it's very weird. And then they, we get this thing where our guys come back into this library and like these two are rushing out of the stacks, like putting their clothes back together. Everybody knows they what's going they on. They made it obvious. They could have, because Rowena, like they come in and Rowena's like, oh, I've been caught. Um, when she, they could have just been like, uh, yeah, no, what's up? And played I, it cool. But they can I don't remind play you it cool. that Gabriel is an archangel who was literally teleported out of out of this exact same spot like two episodes yeah. ago. He could have just he, left. They, he wanted to get caught. He wanted to get caught. It was it was part of the it was part of the excitement. Like, the look on Sam's face, it's like worse news than when he was just told he has to catch Lucifer. Dude, Sam, did you see what D excuse me, uh Castiel's reaction was to this? Like his he just <laughs> he just lowers his head down for like five extended minutes and he just he refuses to pick up his head he won't even look in that area it's ridiculous i dude i can't i can't with this i, I just can't i don't I, I, it never comes up again it's it doesn't too matter horny. they just did that did they not write a long enough episode so they had to go back and film some other stuff i would i would love to be and again this is the part where i'm like going back to see who's writing this right because i just and robert barons is usually really really good about this kind of stuff like usually he's a re- he's one of our better writers, right? Like I expect I'm this just, kind of stuff. Like I guess the only reason I don't think that it was a buckling episode is because Rowena wasn't demeaned in, in any point in this. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I hate to say that. Like, I'm that's gonna, a mean um, joke. But I mean, Jesus Christ. I'm gonna just assume they had to go back. They 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 lost some footage. They had to do a quick reshoot. So um, they did. They had to use the awkward voiceover section. Yeah. Um, so you I'm think, trying to make excuses. You for think why that this like instead of just because um, you know a lot of times people will go back and do ADR like an alternate dialogue recording. You think this was an alternate yeah. dialogue like an alternate sex scene recording because they just I had to go back. I, I, yeah. I also kept being uh, distracted by the ADR from Cass later on. <laughs> Oh, yeah. He's in the cave. They just have like a different man yelling, Sam, Sam. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's Misha, but it was still, I was like, ah, that's not coming out of him. That's not, it's not, that always, I can, I can usually spot that for some reason. Like I can usually hear the difference and I'll like turn to auto and be like, that's ADR. And she's like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't hear it. I don't, don't point it out to me. Uh, um, Sam has come up with a plan. Uh, we don't know what it is. But after everybody gets through uh, gawking at each other, they uh, say Sam has a plan and we cut to a bar where Lucifer is drinking. And uh, we were talking about in the outtakes about songs that are just a little too on the nose. <laughs> and, and, and Always. Always. And uh, yeah, this dude's sitting here listening to Cats of the Cradle. I was like, really? Okay. Well, good for you guys, I guess. But um, he's telling the bartender all of his woes. Like he realized heaven and hell didn't matter, that nothing matters. The only thing that actually did matter at one point was his son but he can't even feel his presence. Um, he goes out of his way to call his mother a bitch, uh, which is, you know, whatever. To Lucifer, I guess he's a bad boy. Um, and says that the kid's mother poisoned him against Lucifer. And then the bartender is like, oh, don't worry. I'm sure Jack will come around. And that's when Lucifer tries to get up, falls to the floor, realizes his drink was spiked. The bartender was actually Gabriel. Oh, no. 
classic oh. trickster stuff. Oh. Uh, you can take the Loki out of, out of Gabriel, but can't take... Wait, well... Mm. Yeah, anyway. Um, Lucifer tries to leave. He goes out the back door, and he just loops back around into the front door again. Um, that's, a, that's a classic Gabriel trick right there. Um, and yeah, here he is. This just completely deflated, worthless uh, creature. Um, this is gabriel's moment to like stand up to lucifer again it's been what eight seasons since their last confrontation last time gabriel was terrified but he did it anyway for the sake of saving the world and helping sam and dean Uh, and it was this very noble thing so now for him to kind of like come back and face lucifer again like this i think i expected something a little bit uh heavier almost just like this time it's Lucifer who should be afraid of Gabriel or this time uh, Gabriel has this courage and he's, he has this plan and he's not scared of him anymore or anything like that. But Lucifer is just such a deflated, pathetic loser that you don't get sort of, you don't get anything from this. <laughs> and, and, and despite all of that, like it's, he's still dangerous, which I think is the, is the key thing. Yeah, like, well, uh, they do remind us that later. Yes. Yeah. Cause Rowena shows up um, and he already had one like with Gabriel. I thought I killed you. And then Romina shows up. It's like, I killed you too, which actually is kind of a good joke. Um, but mm-hmm. she very quickly like locks his arms behind his back. Gabriel shows him the archangel blade and he's like, Oh, okay, fine. Just, just fucking kill me already. And instead they, they knock him out and he wakes up at the bunker tied up in kind of this weird submissive pose where his, his, the, his, the top half of his body is like leaning forward. Mm-hmm. Um, when he wakes up, he sees everybody that's in the room, all of our, all of our crew, and I love the line, like, oh, all the people I love to torture in the same room. What's up? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. There is, like, a, I don't know why Lucifer is the comedy relief in this episode until he, he's it's not. It's very weird. It's very strange. Yeah. Um, and then as they're, as they're kind of sitting there talking, whatever, Cass just comes up and slits his throat. Yep. And um, big fan of that. Let me just tell you. Uh, so the plan here, as we discover, is they are going to slowly leak his grace into the little spell bowl to continuously keep the portal open that way they don't have the 24 hour limit um this is a pretty good idea i like this and this was sam's idea so even better and sam tells him uh you know we're gonna keep you here we're gonna drain you like a stuffed pig and when they get back they're gonna kill him and lucifer just responds with this nonchalant cool (laughs) like he just doesn't like he just doesn't Mm -hmm. care Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. everybody goes through the rift leaving rowena behind to take care of lucifer um, and we're back into Apocalypse World. Uh, it's very, very, I wish we had rules about where this rift opened up, because now it just opens up. We're going to find out it's in Kentucky, but it opens up on it a just, hill. Yeah, and, different places in America. Like, what if they, like, popped out in Hawaii? Yeah. Fucked. Like, what are we, <laughs> I just want to, I need a rule, Supernatural Writers. Yeah. Just give me one rule. Uh, um, we have this real, like, super comedic moment, I guess, is what this is supposed to be. See, this is what I could have taken, like, I don't know. Um, like, if we're going to do gags, let's mm. not do, like, weird, first of all, ED gags, and then, uh, you know, Rowena and Luke Gabriel hooking up for comedic effect. Um, just let them fall down the hill or whatever. Um, oh, yeah, but then I forgot, there's the yeah, very yeah. In- the very intense moment at the, at the end where... Um, Gabriel accidentally lands in Castiel's crotch, and he -hmm. looks up at Cass, who just seriously looks back up at him, and then we get cut over to Dean, who's given him a very suggestive, like, hmm, look, (laughs) I don't know what to take from that. I don't either, man. Like, this this whole thing, again... Pause the episode and like look back to who was writing this because I just couldn't believe that this was happening on a, on a quote unquote normal episode of Supernatural. Um, I, and I hope we're not coming across as prudes about this stuff. Like I really, 
like I, 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 I would want to see Rowena and Sam bone down. Like, not see it, but like, you know what I'm saying. Like, I want to see them in a relationship. It's just, it's just all uh, of this stuff. Yeah, I don't. It's just. So, I hope we're not being prudish. I think yeah. it's just fucking stupid. It's just so hammily done, and like, not, like the characters don't have any. Like, there's, there's never ever been a situation where Gabriel and Castiel had like any kind of attraction to each other. I am. Aren't they brothers? I know. Or, or like at least like second cousins, right? Like at least second <laughs> yeah. cousins. I don't know how the, the hierarchy works, but they're related. <laughs> Cass isn't an archangel, so I guess he's not a brother, but he's family. <laughs> they all have the same dad. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's yeah. 100% they all have the same true. dad. I mean, Cass did kiss Hannah. Did Cass and Hannah kiss? Hannah kissed Castiel when, when they were both in their human. Was forms. she human? You know, yeah, it's yeah. not important. Let's yeah. keep it moving. Um, th- this is all very strange. I like that Dean is the only one that manages to keep his feet as they're going downhill. Just mm-hmm. you know, athletic Dean. Uh, Castiel says that we're in northeast of Kentucky. They orient themselves to head to Dayton uh, because that's where they heard Mary and Jack were last. And we switch back over to Lucifer, who is trying his best to mind fuck with Rowena, um, giving her the old classic misogyny bit about being left behind to babysit. Mm-hmm. Um, when that doesn't work, he resorts to just singing Camp Town Races very loudly and very badly, which yes. is super annoying. Yes. Why don't you just leave the room, Rowena? Get some earplugs, yeah, I guess, like, I guess she has to watch him. Um, I was so angry that they were letting Rowena be manipulated so easily. Because right now she's resisting it, but obviously that doesn't last long. Um, I just feel like she's she's we're all at a place where we can just ignore Lucifer. Or we're all in a place where we, we're in a bunker full of magical things. And also, like, probably a stray bandana or at least a flannel shirt. Just gag him. Just fucking gag the dude. Just like, gag this Just gag him. What is he going to do? You're, you're draining his throat, not his mouth. Yeah. Work that hole, dude. <laughs> and I know that, I know plot, right? I, I know that we have to do the thing, but yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so on our journey to uh, Dayton, Ohio, Cassiel asks if Gabriel is ready for what's next. Um, and he responds like, hey, I have no idea. I just got some sweet revenge and some sweet witch sex. Um, and then Cassiel's like, I don't, I don't want to know any details about that. <sighs> By the way, heaven is dying. That's what I wanted to talk to you yeah, about before you start uh, talking about your sex life. So anyway, life. we have actual issues to deal with. Um, and he asked Gabriel to fix it. And Gabriel's like, I'm too much of a screw up. And Cassiel just kind of responds of like, maybe a screw up is actually what we need. Uh, meanwhile, Dean and Sam are having a, their own little conversation. And Dean says that Sam is... It seems like he's different, like he's a little bit more lighter, maybe a little bit more easygoing. And Sam says it's like, you know, it's because we've done all of this. Like we've all of the pieces have finally lined up and mm-hmm. we're about to save Mary and Jack. Like that's everything is coming to a head. And like, I'm just so happy that we're here. And of course, that's where we hear screams and <laughs> the whole plan yeah. is diverted. Um, so they run to the rescue of this couple who was being attacked by what we find out is a weird looking vampire. I looked at it and I thought that's a vampire, but for some reason, Dean and Sam look at it and we're like, what's that? (laughs) I've never seen a vampire that looks 10% different from a normal vampire. (laughs) Yeah. They look like, like they don't, they don't look different at all. But the, the, the difference here is that they're, the vampires are completely starved because since angels have been eradicating humans, they've. Uh, gotten rid of the vampire's food source. Yeah. Um, you'd think that they'd take down monsters too, but that's, I, I guess angels don't care. Angels don't. It, it also, like, I mean, vampires were humans once, right? <laughs> like, how many, how many yeah. pure blood vamps are running around, right? I don't know. Who cares? Supernatural loves to introduce this lore and then just be like, no, 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 never mind. <laughs> Gotta yep. skip right yep. on past it. Um, <laughs> but this couple, they they reveal that they were actually on their way to Jack and Mary to their encampment um, where they have their like resistance group. Um, but the tunnel that they need to pass through, um, like the fucking mines of Moria, has been overrun by <laughs> by vampires. So they weren't able to go. Uh, and Sam tells them, all right, 
come with us. We're all going through together. We'll, we'll protect you on the way. Yeah. Either you can, if you want to go to Dayton with us, like we're going to go through the tunnel. Like you can, there's a mountain pass that'll take him like days, but they, he doesn't want to do that. Um, we switch back over to Lucifer, who is still singing and being super annoying. Um, and he switches tactics instead of talking about um, how she's been left behind or being annoying. He talks about the time that he killed her. Um, yeah. He talks about her, him choking her out. Talks about, ask her how she how felt burning to death. Um, and this finally is what breaks through. And she rushes over and kind of gets in his face and tells him that uh, Sam and Dean are going over there to save Jack. And Jack considers them his father more than he ever will consider Lucifer his father. In fact, Jack considers Lucifer to be nothing. And that's all that Lucifer will ever be is nothing. And as we have seen in season 13, if you make Lucifer angry, he turns into Bruce Banner. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Wrong, <laughs> wrong podcast. He, turns, he, he gets really mad and he can get, his, yeah, get, yeah. get sweet powers back. Um, I understand they had to do this, and Lucifer, the the shit he's saying is really sinister, really yes. dark. And mm-hmm. I was, you know, again, kind of cringing in a, in a different way, uh, from him as he's saying it, because it's just like, ooh, I was almost mad for them saying it, but I'm like, I guess it's like, it's it's tonally, uh, it fits. It's really fucked up what he's saying, but that's the whole point. So it's not gratuitous. I don't know. It was it was just heavy. It was heavy shit he was saying. He's talking about killing her. That's yeah. fucked up. Um, well, it's, it plays on. I, it, I think it's it speaks to how much they've developed Rowena as a character and how much depth they've given her over season thirteen. Like the conversations with mm-hmm. Sam, the the things we've seen her do in like two episodes ago. I think um, like to her emotional journey and then being confronted with this. And I, I feel like there's going to be fallout from this too, as you know, she lost, right? Like her yeah, whole, that's what I'm thinking. Like, it sucks that it had to come down to Rowena, like uh, having a, a breakdown of, of willpower here. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I don't, it's not like I blame her. I just wish that I wish better things for her. And she like, you know, when he makes, when she makes him mad, I actually kind of like, I thought it was kind of cool that he like flies up, grabs her. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like all of the choreography of this, I thought was really neat and interesting. Um, and as he's telling her, like, you know, because you told me this, I'm going to go easy on you. Like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to make it quick. Um, and she blow, like, she uses your magic to blow him off of her. So like, maybe she didn't necessarily lose. She just lost, she just lost control of her temper for a little bit. But unfortunately yeah. this has a side effect of when she blows him off of her, he falls into the rift. He's in the apocalypse yeah. world. So he's sent where exactly where he wants to go, but thankfully she's still alive. Um, yeah. Uh Oh, <laughs> I know, and then she has this kind of crisis of conscience that's really interesting where she starts packing up the, the book. She starts packing up all of her cells and she's like, you know, and she's kind of narrating out loud to herself of I'm the only person who could possibly help Sam and Dean get back, but you know, it's not my problems. And then she stops and she thinks about it. She's like bollocks. So she starts unpacking all of her stuff again. Mm-hmm. Um, was bollocks always her thing? I feel like she said it a lot in this episode. I, it was like three times. <laughs> I don't know. Is like, that, was that Crowley's thing before? I think it must've uh, been. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't re- really remember, but yeah, like I, I don't remember her saying this a whole lot, but they were definitely doing it. Um, and then we go back to apocalypse world for a trip through the tunnel which I think is probably the highlight of this episode. Um, mm-hmm. This is uh, this stuff is is cool. It's yeah. strange. It was a little hard to watch. Uh, it was so dark, and I, the glare from my window was making it a little difficult to see. It was. But I guess that's on me. No, no, no. It was extremely dark. I have I have like the sun killing windows, whatever the fuck they call those, um, blackout curtains in my living room, and it was still a little hard to to, to see what was going on because everything is black. They're using like the flashlights as most of their lighting source and they all have like little glow sticks around their neck which i guess just to make sure that they're no 
you know, friend from foe. Uh, I just, yeah, I, I like this a whole lot. I just read, I'm reading the stand right now. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a sequence in the stand where one of the main characters, Larry Underwood has to leave New York uh, where after the plague is hit and everybody is dead. And to do that, he had a couple options and like, like the easiest one was the Lincoln tunnel. And uh, which of course there's no power. So you can't see back anything in there. And then very quickly loses his flashlight and his cigarette lighter. And like his, having to feel his way across corpses and worried about something being alive ahead of him and all this other stuff and like freaking out. And this was very, very reminiscent of that. Like it was, it was, I thought mm. this was kind of spooky at times, which is yeah, a compliment. It's, pretty spooky. To it's like survival watching. horror. This is exactly yeah. the kind of thing you'd see in a game. And mm-hmm. as these kind of like drained, weakened vampires are popping up here and there and they have to react to them. Um, it seems like everything's going well until they get to this point where there's been uh, like a blockage, like a rock fall in front of the path. So uh, Gabriel and Castiel set to unblocking the path. They they make the angels do the heavy lifting. Fine with that. Um, and the rest of them kind of keep scanning the perimeter. Um, and that's when they get attacked. The The vampires have kind of closed in on their location uh, and all hell sort of breaks loose and they're fighting them off. But as we see um, eventually enough of them get the best of Sam that we just straight up see him brutally have his throat ripped out. What the fuck, Chris? Yeah, I was like, uh, I mean, you were like, uh, I mean, what else can you even say to this? We're so used to Sam and Dean dying um, that it's just like, okay, I mean, how are we going to come? I mean, I was pretty sure he was coming back as a vampire at the end of this one. But, I did too. Um, like, I was like, oh, like, there's going to be some, like, yo, he has vampire to... vampire Sam? Can he just be a vampire for the next two seasons? Or, um, or like, he's going to be a vampire and we're going to get him back across in time to do the vampire treatment, right? Because we know how to yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was going to be a thing that they had to deal with. Um, um But, but what... man, it's brutal. It's violent. We see the fucking tendons and shit ripping his neck. It like, is. Ext- they went all in. and it, uh, We haven't <laughs> seen a violent, violent winch or death like that in a while uh, yeah yeah like i feel like season well probably i'm thinking season three with the hellhounds and and for, for dean and I, man just some vicious stuff is happening um i guess dean we get a lot of violent dean deaths don't we because like dean got yeah. stabbed by metatron that time oh true huh. um Castiel tries to chase after Castiel, excuse me, after Sam Winchester, uh, as Dean, because Dean is like fighting off vampires to try to get to, mm-hmm. to Sam. Uh, and as he finally gets loose, he goes in and Castiel's coming out of the tunnel saying he's gone. There's nothing we can do for him. We, we yeah, have they to don't have time. Him. They can't save him. Castiel, what? <laughs> you know, I, 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 I like this overall. Like I like the sequence. Um, mm-hmm. it, this plays into like what, it's really difficult to con the audience in this stuff because like there's no way that Dean would leave his brother's body behind. Absolutely no way. Like he would carry yeah. Sam Winchester out of there. He would make, <clears throat> excuse me, you have two, you know, super strong angels at your disposal to carry the seven foot eight body of Sam Winchester out of this tunnel. Like there's just no way that he would leave the body behind. Like there's, there's no way I think that either Castiel or Gabriel I don't even think can... Castiel would try to convince him. I, yeah. <laughs> I, don't even I think, think Castiel knows Dean well enough that he would be like, fuck. Yeah, we right. got to figure out. We got to figure this shit out. Come on, Gabriel. Like, pick, you got the so legs. I was, I was really surprised. I mean, not that I I don't. Of course, I understand what Castiel is saying. What Castiel says makes sense. Um, he Sam is dead. We like we all just watched it happen. Castiel knows what he's seen, which I assume was even worse. Um, and so it would it would frankly be pointless other than just getting his body. Um, and they're on a time limit and they have other things that they need to do and other people that they need to save. It makes sense, but not for Dean Winchester. So I'm really surprised that he is able to to 
be taken out of that place. And the reason that he can be is because, you know, we, we have writing to do. We have plot to get through. And um, yeah. and that's, I think, you know, that's always going to be a weakness of a long-running drama that has 22 episodes on a season, right? Like, you can't, it's, especially in a show where... The, it almost would have made more sense if Castiel put Dean to sleep, like, with the forehead touch. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we have And carried, just been like, yeah. Gabriel, we're carrying him out. Like, this is the only way we're doing this. But then, obviously, Dean would hate him for it. And, um, there would be fallout from yeah. there, right? But, like, I actually right. think, because it, it, what we're going to see in a minute is them getting to the camp and Dean, like we got to go back. I got to get his body. Right. Like that's the first thing that he says. Um, you could have all of that be the same and not have Dean, Dean like make the choice to, to get the people out. But, but he does. Um, and so they, they leave, the, they get through the tunnel. Uh, the, we didn't mention it, but the guy in this couple Floyd, he dies. Um, so Maggie like does like a kind of reluctant, like, Hey, sorry about your friend. And Dean just completely blows her off. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oof. They get to the perimeter of the refugee camp where it's extremely warded to the point that Castiel starts like actually feeling pain. Um, and then I really don't like this either because Gabriel just walks over to the wards, which are very clearly marked on these trees, and is just like, "I'm gonna burn them. I'm gonna burn all the, all your wards I thought, up." Like I, I figured, like Dean's gonna start doing something with them. Um, that even would have been like a good violent outburst of like Dean like destroying all these uh these metal things and like spraying over them and just bashing the shit out of them, letting out his anger or something. Uh and as he does, it's like he's destroying them, he's snapping them in half or something, so Castiel is able to continue forward. Um But yeah, Gabriel's just like, Oh no, I I yeah, I can just undo this. Which I'm sure we've probably seen shit like that before, but I was still I was still kinda hoping for something else. Um we also very quickly we we skipped over the scene where they just show us Sam lying dead with his throat ripped out. Um they just they wanted to cut back to it for a minute there just to show us this this really gnarly scene, which as fucked up as it is, I really liked it. <laughs> he looks really dead. <laughs> I, it's 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 very it's very like evocative, right? Like it's extremely mm-hmm. evocative. Um, I, I, my, so my, after my, they break the seals, they're moving forward, well, and then we cut back to dead Sam. Well, hold on for a second, because like oh, I, okay. I really had a problem with Gabriel burning this, the seals because you could just let Dean go in and get the people and have come out and not sacrifice these people's ability to protect themselves from angels. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's, that was the point I wanted to make. I'm sorry, I, I, can't, yes. I can't get you distracted, no, but like I feel like I feel like you know Archangel Gabriel walked up and was like, "Oh, is this your home made of bricks? Well, let me crush all of these bricks for you. Look at this. Now we can walk in the front door. Yeah. Like it's just yeah." I feel bad for the refugees and all of this. Um, Sucks. Yep. Uh, they, we see Sam. Come back to dead, dead ass Sam. Yep. Uh, waking up very suddenly. Yes. Um, we, he is, I, I actually, the makeup department really killed it with this one. Sam looks like he got murdered. Yes. Like he's paler. He's covered in blood. Like the blood effect on him looks really good. Also, not just this scene. I wrote earlier on my notes, for some reason, Sam or, or Jared looks a lot younger in this episode. Really? Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe something with his hair. Um, but can, I just, can we get a hair check? Looks, What's happening? He, the hair. I mean, I've not been a fan of the hair in the season. I mm-hmm. think his hair looks pretty good in this episode. Right. He just, he just looks younger. He's looking good. Um, you know, he's, he's getting ready to die. So, um, <laughs> you just like, you just like them tall, pretty dead boys, Chris. That's your I problem. think they, I think Jared had like some, some like youthful energy returned to him. Cause he was like, Oh, I get to do stuff in this episode. Right on. Let's do this. Um, probably just felt good, you know? And, um, yeah, we see Sam wake up. His throat has not been ripped out. But uh-oh, it's Lucifer. It's Lucifer. Lucifer is there in this, you know, shadowy cave room that Sam has been dragged into. There's like a beam of light coming in from the ceiling. It looks very dramatic. It's very cool. Um, Sam is alive, 
he knows that he's been brought back to life and he is devastated to know that it was Lucifer who did it. Um, I'm going to talk about some of those feelings in a little bit when we get to the refugee camp, but here Lucifer is, he explains how to eat a couple of angels. (laughs) It's like that line, like I was going to kill a couple of rappers, but they did it to themselves. (laughs) I was going to eat a couple of angels, but they did it to themselves. Yeah. He just ate them. That's a joke for me and me only. Um, but he, that's the, how he got the power to heal Sam. Um, and it's also how he got the power to hold back all of the vampires. Because Sam very quickly is like, all right, whatever the fuck, I'm, I'm getting out of here. I'm not going to deal with you. And he's like, no, you have to come with me or you have to go through all of these hordes of vampires that I'm holding off. Um, yeah. And Lucifer says like he realizes that he, he wants a reunion with Jack, which Sam does not want to give him. But he realizes, Lucifer realizes he's not going to get that unless he brings, you know, an offering like he's going to bring you know uh a plate and sam is the plate in this sam's the plate sam's the offering um it sucks sam is stuck between a rock and a hard place here you know um of course he never he doesn't want to do anything that lucifer says um but it's either that or horrible vampire death and even probably not that lucifer would probably just use him regardless yeah um and it just sucks. He's completely he's completely screwed. And I'm really worried that he's going to get in trouble for this. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried that Dean is going to be like, fuck you, you should have stayed dead. Honestly, because... Uh, okay, hold that thought, because there's a look on Sam's face in a little while that I feel like has all mm-hmm. of that inside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we finally... Dean finally gets to the refugee camp, sees Mary. She rushes over for the big hug. What's wrong, Dean and Jensen Ackles? I, dude, I don't. I knew Sam wasn't dead, right? I knew that dude was going right, to be back right. alive or whatever. But like, Jensen, it just fucking sells this no problem, like with the fucking tears and everything. And I'm like getting emotional on my couch at two in the afternoon or whatever. Like, I don't know what the fuck is it's, happening. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's big. It's big. He doesn't say a damn word, dude. Nope. He just looks at Mary and that's it. The only one who we see like uh reacting aggressively is Jack, being yes. like, "I can't believe you didn't bring him back." Um. Because, you know, I assume Jack, Jack's all, you know, he's beefed up on confidence now. Um, so I think he assumes that he would fully be able to bring sure. Sam back. Yeah, he hasn't um, found anything that I he don't... can't do yet, right? Like, I think that's going to yeah. be Jack's arc and all of this. Um, um, it is, I just want to say here, it's cool seeing, like, literally everybody in this episode. Uh, you mean not, Jack, not Mary, have everybody Rowena. in Texas or gone? Yeah, everybody was down, <laughs> except for Ketch. Uh <laughs> Pour one out for Ketch. Yeah, because Ketch is still in this world, right? With uh, yeah. other Charlie. Yeah, with Charlie. So, interesting. Yeah. Um, Dean tells Mary he's going to go back to get Sam's body when they start hearing bells ringing. Um, and then in walks Sam Winchester, bloodied. And of course, everybody is is like, oh my God, it's Sam. And then right yeah, behind the, him. The music lifts up and there is yeah. this really brief moment of happiness for everybody. And then in walks Lucifer. Um and Lucifer says the last Dude. words of the episode, hello, son, towards Jack. This is where I want to talk about that 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 feeling, that that horrible feeling that Sam had when he realized Lucifer saved him. Mm-hmm. And th- what you just said of, like, you're afraid that, Luc- that Sam's going to get in trouble for this. Sam looks ashamed. He looks right? ashamed. He looks at, up at everybody for one second. It's not even happiness. It's maybe it's relief. He sees that Mary and Jack are safe. They finally made it there. And then he hangs his head in shame. Like, I would be better off dead. I'm sorry that I'm not still dead. Because in comes Lucifer. And it's, it's, it's so sad. Because and we've talked a lot about Sam this season, especially over the last few episodes, and dealing with his, his mental issues and maybe some of his family issues. 
Um, we've gotten feedback from listeners from that, that that agree and that disagree and that like us talking about that kind of stuff. Um, and I think this is another example of it. I think this kind of proves to me that the the writers are specifically doing this or that the, Jared is working with the writers to to specifically do this, right? To to create these mm-hmm. moments for Jared to act in. And it's just it's just a reminder that like I feel like Sam is always going to think he's outside of the unit. And mm-hmm. I think that's never going to go away. Um, Cause remember how he was when Mary got home, right? I think he just, yeah. he was an awkward kid again. He had no idea how to deal with her because he had never met her. Uh, this is going to be that, right? Like this is going to play into all of those doubts and to all of that. Is this my, these, these are my family, but do I actually fit in with these people? Like I, you know, do they actually love me or they just put up with me? Am I the guy that they're going to have to kill when something goes bad? Like I'm not, here I am again, bringing Lucifer into this group. Um, and he says he's going to help, but we all know that he's not like he's, he's, he's right. having all of these emotions at the same time, which completely undercuts any of the joy that he would feel by seeing Jack and Mary safe and sound. And I just, my heart breaks for the dude in this episode, man. It really does. Like, it's not enough to it get sucks. eaten by vampires. <laughs> then he's going to have to get I yelled wanna, at by I don't, I don't want to jump to, to uh, conclusions. But yeah, you know it's, he's not going to be treated well. I, I mean, I really hope that everybody's just so relieved that he's alive. That they're like, it doesn't matter. We're good to go. I got your back. Let's do this. I'm just so worried that it's not going to be that. Um, and I'm so worried that... Um, I would I would just always see uh, fingers being pointed at Sam by you know viewers and stuff and that that always kind of bummed me out like people just fucking hate the dude and blame all like the show's problems on him sometimes which I don't get um or maybe I'm just reading into that too much but I just I really hope it's not another case of that shit like oh this would never happen to Dean if Sam hadn't done this and he screwed up again blah 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 like I just it sucks I'm so sorry Sam I'm so sorry my my issue is going to be if uh. Like if you if you swatch if you swatch Jesus Christ if you swap roles and this is Dean's thing right like Dean has to is forced to make this deal Dean would come in head high and you know and and fuck you to everybody that disagrees I had to do this I was dead I was it was him or the vampires he's offering to help mm-hmm. this is this is the apocalypse we can't trust him but this is the right move right like that would be Dean's ultra aggressive confidence and if sam tried to say a fucking they they did it they did it in this episode i mean like if we flash back to the conversation in the kitchen where sam is like every time we deal with lucifer it goes badly guess what it went badly (laughs) like he was fucking right and if dean wags his finger and at sam's in sam's face and goes like i you know it says anything about this i will i just i'm gonna be so ready to punch him i i'm hopeful that him being alive like you said is enough to just save the whole exercise but Boy, am I am I stressed out about the next episode? I know, and I wonder like where if this is a common feeling, or if we're just at such a different point in our interpretation of the characters in the show, where where I I am afraid of Dean. I'm afraid of how he's going to react to the other main characters. Sometimes, yeah, I think that he's the focal point for a lot of people, so they probably don't have that feeling with him. Um, but for me, I guess my focal point is Sam. <laughs> if that's not obvious. Um, so I am very, I'm very worried for him. I'm worried. I mean, literally using the term abuser is not probably appropriate, but something, you know, the person that Sam is afraid of the most, that's Lucifer, um, who he has the, the hardest time being around, uh, is Lucifer. And he is not only being used as a hostage by him, but he knows that he just disappointed everybody that he cares about. So, yeah. uh, yeah, it sucks. It sucks for him. I mean, it's, it's very intense writing and I'm in, I'm into it. Yeah. Um, it's amazing so, how much this episode did to make up for its first half because 
I was legit like, what the fuck is Supernatural doing? It's off the rails. Like, why are we why are we humping in the library like we're fucking high school yeah, students? Yeah, I still don't really know why they used that. Yeah. I mean, again, it must be a schedule thing or something, right? Like, they had to they had to fill the episode with something. Dude, um, I, I really, I mean, I'm with you, but also, like, I feel like this was specifically done. <laughs> I feel like that they wanted to make God. these jokes, and they wanted to put those two characters together, and they did it in such a way that, like, they had fucking voiceover about Gabriel's ass, and I just... But to turn that around, and I, and I think I texted this to you, of, like, it's so weird, and this episode was so wacky up until the, the, the tunnel, and then it becomes super fucking scary and serious. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. It, it's that it's such a weird scene, turn. Yeah, it, it, the the scene. I think I wrote it in my notes. I don't know if I said it already. The scene in the cave with Sam and Lucifer. Um, that's the best Lucifer has been since season five, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, he is scary. He has so much power over Sam in the situation. Even just the setting itself, the lighting, everything is great. It is legitimately harrowing. I was very worried about what was going to happen to Sam. I thought Sam might be walking out of there fucking possessed by Lucifer again. I didn't know what the hell was going to happen. I thought um, secret possession or uh, absolutely a vampire, like holding on. Yeah. Like I thought there was. A- I, <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, vamp Sam, bring it, bring it in, bring it happen. Let's make it happen, everybody. Vampire Sam, yeah. full full on goth Sam. I want ready just, to have it yeah. back just for like a whole season, <laughs> and he just can't go out during the day. <laughs> Every single driving scene is at night. And he's like, it's he's not like hungering to like eat people. Like they constantly feed him blood. He's yeah. used to that. Um, he's just a vampire. It's just an inconvenience. And he's way more goth. And he wears like black coats and and uh, has a cape and stuff. Oh yeah, he definitely has a cape. He just flies around. He's basically it would just basically be. You know what I want? I want Sam Winchester in the next season of What We Do in the Shadows. That's what mm-hmm. I want. That. Exactly that. Oh. Exactly. That. I just and want that just... level of supernatural <laughs> comedy. Just stone face Dean. <laughs> trying to deal not with the fact that his brother is a monster but the fact that his brother is now really goth and like and also just everybody enabling him like catches us bringing over tons of fucking blood all the time Castiel's really into it Gabriel thinks it's hilarious Rowena's suddenly into it Rowena's super into it she's like you know you weren't hot before but man now (laughs) indeed it's like you're all pranking me right this is another one of Gabriel's tricks Oh man, I'm here for God's sake, Winchester. Absolutely. I um, <laughs> what a weird episode this is, Chris. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I I Supernatural season thirteen has been mostly strong for us, uh, with a couple of exceptions, and a couple of exceptions have been like just right in a row, right? Like the last episode, yeah, we, yeah. we didn't get into at all, and Bingle now fat this one, huh, and on the last one, so confusing. Um, yeah, weirdly, I could just one last thing: Jensen being silent throughout this whole episode. Um, very interesting choice. Um, and, and I'm not, I'm not crazy, right? He like barely said anything. It was mostly like you said, like most, a lot of like, let's go here or a lot of, yeah, he's Sam. just sort of like looking, yeah. like he just kind of looks at stuff, nods, whatever. Um, I mean, it was, it was, I, I, he did a good job, but <laughs> I'm just, uh, and I'm, I'm wondering if that was not just because all these other characters were doing stuff or because they focused on Sam. I'm wondering if it's almost a, it was like a quiet resolve from Dean after the conversation at the end of the last episode where Sam says, Hey, we're going there together. If we die, we'll die together. Blah, 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 blah all that. Um, or Dean is almost like, 
has like a more somber take on everything where he is he's kind of mellowed out he he's driven and he's ready to to go and and save uh Mary and Jack but there was a, there was just something a little different about Dean in this episode um and we didn't talk about it and I was just talking shit about Dean I don't mean to talk shit about Dean <laughs> I think there was a, a, something a little bit interesting going on there um and then it just ends up in sadness for him so well there's the I don't know. We, we didn't really go over it directly but like while they're in the kitchen um after they have decided like okay we're gonna go capture lucifer like dean has this real um deadpan uh and then all we have to do is you know capture him and get his spell and go across and come you know find jack and mary within 24 hours and get back to the rift and then, da, 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 and then also fight off Mike. like he goes through like all of the impossible things that they have to do like uh-huh. i feel like they're setting up um it's weird because they have made sam like this kind of have this emotional turmoil but at the same time he's been like more optimistic about things whereas mm. i feel like they're leaning dean to be this like fatalistic approach of like i i'm just I'm, it's just the job i've got to do like i've got to i've got to yeah. break 13 rocks every single day and i'm just going to do them one at a time and that's all all my life is ever going to be is breaking rocks uh where mm-hmm. sam is like maybe there's something besides breaking rocks yeah um, and i guess maybe that's what that dream is supposed to tell us at the beginning yeah um, yeah He's trying to to envision what's beyond it, um, but they just wanted us to not get that. And again, you know, just just not to, not to belabor the point of anything, but like it, dreams are extremely weird. But like that was a very optimistic dream for Sam Winchester, and it's just something as mm-hmm. simple as having like a relaxed dinner with your friends and family. Yeah, and um, damn, I th- I think about it a lot of when Charlie was at the bunker and Castiel was there, and um. Sam had everybody thought Sam had burned the the big bad book that I can never remember. Um, oh yeah, the it's not the Machinarium. What the fuck is the name of the book? The, <laughs> is it Crowley? The one that it's the dark grimoire or whatever. Yeah, the, the dark grimoire, grimoire or whatever. Yeah, and uh, so he's in this like moment at this kitchen table in the bunker and like everybody's laughing and having a good time and like they're just showing sam just just writhing in guilt at the table because <laughs> he knows he's yeah. lying to everybody and i'm like sam's dream is just to have a very relaxed non-threatening non-guilty pizza with his friends <laughs> and family it's so depressing chris oh poor sam or sam winchester um you have any last thoughts you know i the second half of this episode good stuff i'm excited to see what happens next all right. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we love you. Um, I hope, we hope if you're able that you are getting vaccinated and protected against the COVID. Knock on wood, I still have not contracted the COVID. I should be scheduling my vaccine shots very soon. I'm very excited about it, Chris. Cool, cool. If I make it through all this entire year without getting COVID, I'll be I'm patting myself on the back for life. Um, yeah, I, I would have done the same thing, my man. But <laughs> I know you went through the wars. Uh, I was betrayed. We hope, but we hope all of you are safe and sound. Um, and we love you. If you want to support us, you can check out our merch store with new items up. You can pay, support us on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/MonstersWeek. We've had a bunch of new people on Patreon, so thank you very, very much for joining. Um, a lot yes. of new people in the Discord, which has been a lot of fun conversations. So uh, yeah, we appreciate each and every one of you. We'll be back next week with Hitching a Ride. Whoa, now you're far away again. 
I'm assuming because you Yeah, it's because I'm standing far back. away, bro. Because you leaned back. Come on. Chris, you promised me no more lean on the podcast. Come on. After what happened last I, I'm time. S- I'm standing now. It, I'm just, I'm bound to lean. No scissor on the podcast. It's a Mm-mm. new rule that I'm making up. I think that's a good rule to have. <laughs> Drinking has never worked out for us very well. So No, I mean, we, we have fun. <laughs> but is the final product good? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Survey says. Yeah, that's the thing now. Anytime that I see anybody being like, you know, starting a podcast and like, yeah, well, so, you know, we sit around, we have a couple drinks and we, you know, do our thing. Hey, if that's what you, you're you in for, cool. But I feel like from experience, we know like that's never, that's never good. Yeah, it just depends on it. Like, all of that, that for me has always been like, how relaxed do you want to be throughout the episode? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, you and I, for whatever reason, have decided to approach this content seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah like i think we could we could easily be two drinking bros talking about video games and supernatural like i think that could be easily mm-hmm. the thing that we do mm-hmm. but for whatever reason we have decided no we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do this sober with all of our faculties in check intact yep. Yep. and That's make sure to do it that you know we're we're giving the audience what they want which is you know he never said anything but do you think we lost our other host because of that one time that we got really drunk um, and just spammed pictures of Agent Cooper into our Discord chat. <laughs> I, absolutely, yeah. Because me and you thought that was the funniest goddamn thing that we had ever we done. We really in our did. Lives. <laughs> you know, he never said anything, but um, you know, when you texted me earlier and you were like, "I'll be in the cut," um, literally all I could think to respond was, so I didn't respond. Um, was you'll be dead like that t- uh, <laughs> that that line from a new hope where luke goes into the bar and bumps into that dude mm-hmm. uh, and he's like hey uh uh you know fuck around and find out and luke's like i'll be careful and that dude just gets in his face and says he'll be dead <laughs> i love it dude. i don't it's just stuck in my head and i don't know why but it was one of those things that's like i can't just text that to you without context you'll be like what's why are you threatening me chris did you see that there was a what i have to imagine is a very small twitter movement to uh restore the the lucas cuts of the of the of the the sequel trilogy and i'm like he had nothing to do with those movies y'all don't don't think that's happening (laughs) it's so weird because uh since the snyder thing happened and i guess was like i don't know how you argue that that thing is a success other than like it got a lot of eyeballs um Mm -hmm. but like i don't know if people paid the eight dollars for hbo max or whatever or like or if we're just all collectively at home waiting for a four-hour movie to come along but like it's not that great of a movie but it's a kind of a fascinating piece of media just with the history of everything Mm -hmm. and like oh this dude's daughter died so he's gonna he's not gonna be on the project and just Whedon threw all that stuff out so you know we want to see what the snyder cut would have been and we got it and they filmed a bunch of stuff and yay but like that, that that doesn't exist anywhere else. <laughs> like there yeah, is no Lucas I, I know, cuts. I know, like nerds, angry nerds being loud and demanding a thing isn't really that fun. But I, it also just feels like this came at a perfect time because everybody um, is tired of Joss Whedon's bullshit and all this 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 stuff has come out about him. Mm-hmm. So it feels like this was. I, I don't. I mean, I don't know when they we started doing reshoots for the Snyder Cut or whatever. But like two um, years, it's ago. like it was like an opportunist <laughs> thing. Like yeah. oh. Well, this guy's brand is going down, so let's just capitalize on it and re-release the movie. And you know, I don't know. Uh, that's a very cynical look at it, but whatever. If people had a good time, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't. 
um, I don't know if that was like I think that helped, right? Like it helped call yeah. attention because all of a sudden, like Joss Whedon wasn't the the nerd savant that everybody made him out to be because that dude was like heavily worshipped in certain communities for like a long, long time. Like I, oh, I knew a dude. lot of people who like Joss Whedon was like was their brand of nerd. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite X Men runs is Joss Whedon. No, it's not. Is it Joss Whedon? Yeah. Yeah, because Warren Ellis took over, which was another scumbag. So, but uh, one of my fel- favorite X Men runs is a Joss Whedon joint. So, damn, yeah, damn. Well, fuck him, right? A hundred percent agreed. <laughs> fuck all of them. Bunch of weirdos. Fuck them all. Actually, by all accounts, like Zack Snyder seems to be like a really good good guy to work with. Really easygoing. He doesn't harass people. He restored all of the like scenes with people of color. <laughs> He took mm-hmm. out all of like the real gratuitous butt shots of Wonder Woman in that movie, and I don't know. He just I don't that that like weird thirteen year old sense of what's cool just fucking boggles my mind, man. Yeah, I remember. Um, well, I was I was talking to my friend the other day, and he was like, "Hey, anything good on like HBO Max that you've seen?" I was like, "I don't have it yet. Have you seen the Snyder Cut?" And he was like, "I have. I haven't watched any of those other movies, but I watched that." And I was like, oh, "Okay, cool." And he was like, "Zack Snyder's so fucking weird." Like he thought comic book sucked until he was in college and then he read Watchmen and suddenly he's like wait hold on that's it that's exactly <laughs> it dude <laughs> I just I mean I don't I, I I like a lot of really corny stuff like uh you know JRPGs and, and anime and stuff like that can be really over the top um with that kind of thing but and even supernatural to an extent right um so I guess I am into that earnest really sincere shit but I'm not into these earnest, sincere movies that he makes. Uh, I guess I'm just happy for him. I'm happy that he's doing what he likes. <laughs> That's what it comes down to for me is like, he seems to be very into what he is making and I'm not going to take that away from anybody, but like, I literally like out loud in an empty room by, my, by myself, like c- cracked up a few times. Like it's, wow. it is, you can go on the internet and this is not like an original observation or anything, but anytime Wonder Woman is doing anything, there's this like, Oh yeah singing chorus <laughs> thing happening every single time there's a whole section that feels like a fucking uh music video from the 90s because it's just lois lane in slow-mo buying some coffee handing off some coffee to a cop and then walking to a statue of superman and like looking sad that's it. Oh, wow. And it's it's like eight minutes long, Chris. I swear to what God. What was that scene? So Zack Snyder did Watchmen too, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So I just wanted to double check before I said this, because there's that scene where they like go to the cemetery or something, and that Bob Dylan song starts playing. Um... I don't even I don't even know what I'm talking about, but I'm pretty sure... it. Maybe oh, it's yeah. not a Bob Dylan song. Maybe it's... Um, you're, you're thinking of Hallelujah, aren't you? No, <laughs> it might even be like... <laughs> Uh, the sound of silence like whatever there's sure. a scene yeah, yeah. in Watchmen where they go to a cemetery I haven't seen that movie in 10 years um, and just like uh, the song starts playing mm-hmm. <laughs> and even when I watched that at age 18 I was like oh this is kind of on the nose isn't it <laughs> like I have very low standards for what makes a good movie but but this is too on the nose <laughs> there's um a part of this movie where uh, the flash is at a coffee shop or no 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 I'm sorry the flash is trying to get a job uh, because for whatever reason, he's not a smart guy in this universe. He's a dumbass, but they can run fast. Um, but he's trying to get a job, and a car crash is happening outside. So he has to quickly go save this girl. 
And like, if you know the Flash, you know that that's the love of his life. Like, that's the chick that he's going to wind up with. She is. She has no speaking lines in the movie, and she's never seen again after this car crash, right? Well, but like, for her. there's this <laughs> huge, there's out. this like emotional song playing, and like, I always have this weird thing about the Flash because anytime the Flash is moving fast, it actually means that everything is going slow because that's how they do fast things in the TV, in movies of and course, TV shows. Of so, uh. In, in like this super slow mo thing, he's he's grabbing kids and moving them out of the way, and like he's grabbing her, but like before he grabs her, he strokes her face. Oh, <laughs> and, no. then, and then Chris, I'm not lying, I'm, I cannot make this up because the the truck hit a hot dog, like a little hot dog cart. There's like hot dogs flying everywhere. In super slow mo, slow mo hot dogs, super slow mo. This motherfucker grabs uh, just a, just a raw dog, no bun, no no condiments. He just, raw he raw dog. He just he... grabs a raw dog and just puts it in his pocket for later. That's obscene. <laughs> that is obscene. And Chris, when I tell you, like this is like some like impassioned, like I, I don't even remember the name of the song. I'd have to look it up, but it was like this, like real, like earnest, like oh yeah. <laughs> Like it's it's like the most emotional thing imaginable happening. This dude's pocketing just a raw dog in his jeans. He's man. pocketing a raw dog in his jean shorts, dude. <laughs> it's ridiculous, and that movie is filled yeah. with shit like that. Just absolutely to the brim. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Way to under undercut your <laughs> profound moment with a raw dog. And like, I just, I get, I, I'm, and I think that 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 was supposed to, like it genuinely made me laugh out loud. And I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be funny, like if I'm getting the funny part, or if it was like. Oh, this is a this is just a I don't know what it was supposed to be, dude. I just can't. And then the movie actually ends with a cover of Hallelujah, uh, which I cannot handle. Like I cannot make Hallelujah is no longer a serious song. I'm sorry, just can't. There's no, no emotional value to be claimed from it anymore. Like I'm apparently that was his daughter's favorite song or something. But like you, you can't put Hallelujah at the end of a dumbass superhero movie. You can't. You can't. You, can't. <laughs> you just uh, can't do unless it. Unless you go with the original version. Which uh, never sounds like what I think it's going to sound like. Leonard Cohen got really into like '80s synth production. Oh yeah, dude! <laughs> In the '80s, mm-hmm. and I like all those songs, but like the production on them, I don't want to say it's terrible because it's Leonard Cohen. But like, <laughs> it's just like, dude, these were choices. These were some choices. Yeah, he, he was going through a phase, right? Like, <laughs> it's a huge phase. Dude. Like after after Choir Girl Hotel, Tori Amos kind of just went on a thing. She went on a journey. And and nineteen year old Jeremy was not willing to go with her. I was like, "Oh, see you later, Tori. I'll be back here in this era of Corey." Like sometimes you just let him go, and I'm like, "Hey, I might go back and listen to some of those albums, and they're good, but probably not." I, dude, I uh. yeah, I'm always I'm always really surprised. I, I listen to Leonard Cohen a lot. Um, I mean, not like every day, but every once in a while, whenever I get into that kind of mood, he's my kind of go to artist. Sure. Um, and it's like the early stuff is practically just spoken word poetry mm-hmm. with like a guitar and then he starts adding in some you know background vocals and some interesting stuff and then the later stuff the stuff that he put out like right before he dies uh is really really cool and it's kind of really slow and he's got his super deep gravelly voice um and he's talking about dark stuff because it's the end of the road and it's just like it's a whole fucking mood right yeah absolutely um, and then I'll find myself in that middle area where he's writing these really dynamic, awesome songs, but it's just like boom, 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 on these weird like '80s synth keyboards. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What is going on here? He went through his retro synth phase, right? Like so, in, yeah. in like '85 to '90, he's he's he bought a bunch of '70s synths and is like, <laughs> I am into this. And then one of his one of his uh his backup singers on all those records put out like a cover album of a bunch of his 80s songs and they sound way better because <laughs> it's just uh regular sounding music and not this weird phase off this weird instrument that Leonard Cohen went through. 
I feel like uh, I went through a big Tom Waits phase for a while, mm-hmm. where I just mm-hmm. listened to all of his discography like front to back. <laughs> yeah, and that dude has some. That dude has some of that experimentation too, right? Like you can get into some weird, into some weird eras of him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like for me, like when you when you talked about like just spoken word poetry and a guitar, like that's the the album that always works for me is Nighthawks at the Diner because it's just like a jazz ensemble and him telling stories and being sad. <laughs> Like, I don't know, man. Like, mm-hmm. there's something about just something really, really simple with these dudes with gruff voices talking yep, about coffee yep. and bowls of chili fries. Like, I don't. Know. It's funny. Like, I, you know, I don't really listen to it as much anymore. But I used to listen to so much aggressive music. Um, that when I think when you're in that kind of a phase, it's like if you want something to hit and be like heavy, like you have to just keep finding heavier and heavier stuff. But now I'm at this point where I've pulled it back so far, where I will be listening, um, to Leonard Cohen or something like that. And uh, in like the song Marianne, where he's singing, it's quiet, it's chill, it's normal. And then like for the chorus, like three other people sing with him. And I'm like, damn, it's like a bomb just went off. Holy <laughs> shit, this exploded. Yo, Leonard, you pop it off. Your mom's in the background like, turn that down. And Chris's like, yeah, it was never yeah. a phase. It was Leonard Cohen, mom. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> it's Leonard Cohen. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, so, but yeah, when you get used to that, like I'm, I'm always listening to this um Oh, this newer, this newer singer. Of course, I can't remember. Soccer Mommy. She's kind of like Phoebe Bridgers, like that type of music. Sure. Um, and there's this song, Lucy, where she is singing about somebody named Lucy, but comparing them as if they were Lucifer. You know, a little play on words. So I always listen to that, and I think about uh, Sam, which is just, you know, it's just a fun little thing. It's a treat mm-hmm. for me. Um, and there's this part where it's just like, it's a very, like, you know chill like kind of like emo singer songwriter type song and then it just it'll like get like a little louder at one point and i'm like damn dude open up this fucking pit holy shit but then like anybody else listening to it be like this is really boring what do you what do you mean i uh, no, man i don't know i, I watched the soccer mommy tiny desk concert oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's how i that's how i stay hip to, to modern music is by using the only way public, <laughs> national public radio oh man i yeah like i i, I remember watching that number i like that chick a whole lot did, how much did your Twitter feed or did your like personal messages blow up when the Phoebe Bridgers did the Saturday Night Live thing? Did like a, I feel like everyone kind of, was contacting me directly. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like that was like the only thing that could have been worse if she had brought out a sword on stage and people had been like, "Oh my god, Chris!" Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I got a retweet from her once, so I just feel like I get all of her personal news just to see, before she even knows it. Really. Your best friends. Um, we're pretty. We're tight like that. Yeah. 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 Like like me and Open Mike Eagle. We're best friends. <laughs> Exactly. I sent her a picture of um not Lucius Malfoy, um uh Luna Lovegood's dad from Harry Potter. All right, uh, yep. whatever mm-hmm. he's got the long silver hair in it. Uh, I sent her a picture of that and I just said, Is this Phoebe Bridgers? Got the retweet. Got the retweet. Wow, nice. That's all it's about. How many how many likes did that earn up? I don't know what kind of followers. Like nine hundred, dude. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, I'm gonna go look for Chris Mosier's most liked tweet. <laughs> See what's up. <laughs> Can you even find such a thing? Oh yeah, dude. I got I got powers. Um, I my one of my most liked tweets was the one of um of Cloud holding Luigi's body, like lowering it into the water. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Um, one. but I deleted it because. I like thought it was like a random like shit post from somewhere and I had just like posted it and then it like blew up. Uh and then I found the artist who actually made it and I felt bad. So I just I redirected to him and then I deleted mine. <laughs> How many tweets do you think you have over five hundred likes? Like three, maybe? I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. You've got one. Um Wow. But hey, that one is uh that feeling when it's Father's Day, but your dad's a whale. 
So. Oh, that one? Cool. Yeah, yeah. That one has a thousand oh. likes on it. You're saying my Phoebe Bridges tweet didn't make it up there? I'm, I'm not seeing it, dude. Oh, here it is. Here it is. 398. So when you said like 400. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was... It was disappointing. Probably, tell you what. Tell you what. I'm going to... Boop. There's a like for you. 399. Thanks, bro. Thank you, bro. Everybody <laughs> go search out this tweet. <laughs> Wait, what account am I logged into? Let me well, let me maybe see if I can re- retweet this. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I'm going to retweet this from the Monster of the Week account. Oh, uh, good, 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 good. Uh, yeah, one quote tweet off, off that. Let me see, let's see what's up with that. Yeah, who's the quote tweet? Let's see. Oh, it's some woman saying these are priceless. Oh, who, who knows who that is? Retweet. Okay, so that in two weeks, that'll definitely be a thing for people. And look, <laughs> the Monster of the Week count liked it, so now you're at 400 likes, bro. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You would be a solid. Thank you. If Hey, listeners, kick that up to 405 for me, if you will. Okay? Mm. <laughs> I got one. Uh, one tweet, and it's probably not that high, because I, I don't get a lot of likes, so if I get like 100, that might as well be a million, right? Mm-hmm. Um. It was one about these games, the Trails in the Sky games. It's very old. They're only on Steam now or PSP. I tweeted at the publisher. I was like, yeah, wouldn't it be kind of dope if you, like, uh, put this on Switch or something? <laughs> it was uh, pretty dope, man. <laughs> and they they liked it or they retweeted it or something like that. So then, like, um, you know, a shitload of uh, uh, Trails in the Sky fans started liking it. I was like, hey. If you you guys are bringing attention to this, it's got to be real, right? But that was like four years ago, and they still haven't uh, put that game on Switch, so I guess it's not happening. My most popular tweet is, of course, the drunk pasta story. Uh, the, oh, the, yes. The crackers really, and How many? Well, you got 27K on that? Uh, 1.1 thousand likes. Hey, hey, 100 retweets. Good. Eh? 100 retweets. It's a good tweet. Insane. A Twitter tweet. is a weird place. <clears throat> yeah, it's poisoned our brains big time. My favorite part about that tweet is people quote tweeting and being like, you had to be more fucked up more than alcohol. And I'm like, nah, bro. I just drank a lot that day. <laughs> nah, bro. Just mad sleepy. <laughs> y- y'all just can't hang with me when I was in my high life yeah. of drinking. <laughs> no, I'm not an alcoholic. Why do you Y'all ask? don't know the first thing about hanging. <laughs> y'all just don't know. Bring it on. <clears throat> All right. I just realized we're at 18 minutes in our, in our outtakes Well, then let's, let's do Supernatural then. Before we do Supernatural, oh. I gotta get, I gotta tell you the news, Jeremy. What's is there news? I finally beat Persona Five. Don't believe it. Did you get all the ultimate I, weapons? I posted all of my uh, all my stats mm-hmm. right on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, let's get that uh, to four hundred five likes, everybody. <laughs> I got I got <laughs> I got screenshots um, to prove it. It's over, dude. It's one hundred and thirty five hours. Are you? Uh, is that like? Or did you get the plat? Like, I did get the play. I got all the trophies. Okay, I got okay. to the max level. I didn't do that on purpose. It just happened while I was doing other stuff. Um, but yeah, ho- uh, it's it's been a, it's been a journey. It's been and I <laughs> so for the last what ten weeks of this podcast, I've just been complaining about how long this game is. It's true. Uh, and that's the thing is, it never got bad. It's just like you reach a point with a narrative where you're like, I I want it to be over now. I mean, even with Supernatural, you get season finales and stuff like that, or they'll shift to something different. After a certain point with Persona, it's like, okay, we figured out what Endgame is, but now it's just going to keep going. 
and keep going. We let Zack Snyder direct the end game of Persona 5. We let Zack Snyder direct Persona 5, and I'm playing the... Release the Snyder PG. Oh, my God. They they did. They literally did. They released Persona 5, and then they put out Persona 5 Royal, which adds in new characters and all these, these new events, and an entire new section after you beat the final boss of the regular game. You go, and that was another... 25 30 hours for me to do the end game maybe not that long i I can't i can't keep track of it anymore it's all fucking blur Mm -hmm. but it was one of those things where i was trying so long to beat it and getting so tired of playing it it was never bad it was never really frustrating it was other than one boss months ago um but when i finally beat it I was like so emotional. I was like, oh, I have gone through a fucking journey. The game takes place over the course of 11 months, and I played it over five months. So it's obviously it's not the same length, but it was close enough. God damn it. Yeah, dude, that's, <laughs> so a, that's end, a lot I'm of time. sitting there watching the credits, like, and it's like showing like concept art and the sad music's playing. And Jess was texting me like, are you okay? And I didn't respond for like 25 minutes because I was like, I'm not. I'm literally not okay. <laughs> I just went through all of the shit. I have become so attached and now it's finally over and it's a weight off my shoulders. <laughs> and it was also great. And I loved it. But man, it's a long fucking game and I need some short games now. <laughs> <laughs> Time to pick up Octopath Traveler. Yeah, another 80-hour JRPG. All right. That's it. It's over, Jeremy. We did it. Let's talk about Supernatural. Let's talk about... I don't know, man. This is, seems way more fun to do this than talk about yeah. Supernatural. Hey, I agree. <laughs>